I said, they're looking, they're coming, they're running, be ready. So one's on my left and one's on my right. There's no trees around it. So there's no, there's no weeds. It's all fresh. I said, they're 20 yards, 15, 10, and they're running. So when I, and I just said, you're just going to kneel up and they're going to give you a few seconds. So just take your time. Well, I can tell you when the noise quit, they didn't cut a feather. They were saying uh, more words than I could ever think of speaking funny. They're like, what just happened? (laughs) It was hilarious. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hoyt Bow Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ferris, with my sidekick, Evan Williams. And today we have an old friend on the podcast with us, Ken Byers from Byers Media and with Hooked Hunting. How's it going, Ken? What you been up to, brother? Yeah, man, it is great to hear a friendly voice. You and I have known <laughs> each other. And, and you know, there's it's just kind of a strange thing that Danny Ferris, it's it's somehow you're you're addicting. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you, you know, in, in, in the business that we're in, there's been times we've been on opposing situations and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We've but, been on opposing teams. Yeah. But, yeah. but every time I look at you there, I just can't hold a grudge. I can't <laughs> <do it. laughs> he's, he's got well, a face you don't want to hey, punch. Hold on just a second. I'm going to call my <laughs> wife in here. I want you to talk to her for a little bit and I want you to use that. I want to use that, that addicting term that you just used. You just, Tell her all yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll pass. I'll pass. <laughs> no, man, me and you do go a long ways back, Ken. Uh, you know what? I, just the other day I was talking to somebody and I miss the old bow hunting round tables, man. Wasn't that, yeah. wasn't that fun? It, it, so, was, it was good. You know, you and I had budgets we had to hit and the various responsibilities that, ver- you know, we were engaged in, but at the, at, at those events, man, we just, we hung out, we yeah. let our hair down and we just enjoyed that, that like-mindedness that we shared. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because, and for those of you listening, the, the bow hunting round table was an event that was put on by media direct and Mark Seidlinger, Mark and Kim Seidlinger. And it was, uh, it was usually at Passa park in Illinois, Southern Illinois. And every year, they would invite a bunch of uh, basically media out there, guys from magazines and TV shows. And uh, there weren't YouTube channels back then, really. But all kinds of different outdoor media would come to this thing. And then they had a a bunch of it started out with just media direct manufacturers and clients, but it eventually expanded to just about anybody. You know, there was a, there was a bunch of people there and these these companies would have all of their all of their wares out there and all of us uh, all of us media geeks would kind of divide up into teams and we'd go through uh for two or three days with all of these manufacturers showing us all of their stuff and uh you know giving us some material to to write about and uh, lots of photo ops and stuff like that so you had these media groups there that were often on different teams. At the time, I was there with Bowhunter Magazine, and Ken was usually there with Bowhunting World Magazine, which we were we were rivals. And mm. there, you know, there was lots of situations between you know all of us that were there attending the thing. We were all on opposing teams, but it was amazing. 
we'd get there and you know, the rivalry got dropped and you just had, everybody had a good time together and got to do a lot of networking. And those were a blast, man. They were a blast. It's, it's hunting. We're all on the same team deep down. Yeah. Oh, ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I miss those days too. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that I'm bummed at where we are right now in this, in this, this game we call life, but, uh, those, those were cherished memories for sure. Yeah, man. They were a lot of fun. Uh, one of, uh, Ken's primary sidekicks, Toby. Yep. So, Toby. so at each of those events, they would have um, uh, Mark would have some sort of competition set up and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. And I don't care how many of them come after me, but about half of the media out there, they might be good at writing. They might be good at, you know, uh, doing stuff on video, but half of them can't hunt their way out of a wet paper bag. Like now, that, is, that is hey, no way hey, to yeah, talk about that's, Toby. That's, hey man, that's Danny Ferris saying it. <laughs> you can aim your guns at me, you know, or, or your bows. If you're aiming your bows at me, I'm not really not that scared. Um, but literally, you know, some of these guys, some of these guys, you know, they've, they're most of their hunting career. Somebody took them out to an outfitted hunt and pointed them to a spot and said, you stay right there till I come pick you up and wait till an animal rock, walks by and shoot. Well, so I, I usually did. I usually did OK in most of those competitions. And there was always this one cat that was always competing hard against me. And if I man, if somebody was going to beat me. It was going to be him. And it was Toby. Toby stole some trophies from me, man. <laughs> he, he really did. I love Toby, man. He, we got to visit at the Western this last year. He came and sat in the booth for a little while and we got to catch up. I have so much fun with that guy. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was great to see Toby at Western. I did not expect to see him out here. Yeah, we worked together for 18 years. Now he's kind of branched out on his own, and I'm just so happy, proud of him. And, and it's, you know, it's just really cool. We got well, to shoot. I didn't be a even part realize that. Connect, connected at the hip. And and with that being said, yeah, O'Shaw Shank, Toby Shaw. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize he'd branched out and gone on his own. Well, good for him. If you're if you're listening, Toby, I wish you the best of luck, man. Love you. Yeah. So uh yeah, we could sit here and reminisce about old stuff all day long, but uh Turkey season is well, it's already starting in some places. Um, yep. And we just we before we jumped on the on the podcast here, Ken and I were just saying how glad we were that, you know, all the consumer shows were over and we're done with we're just about done with our show season anyway. And it's time to start concentrate on uh, getting out there in the woods. And the first, first thing is up is is turkeys. Thunder and, chickens. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about something specific today. And that's kind of uh, what I'm going to call bow reaping turkeys. This is, you know, this is a practice that uh, that Ken has been using for a very, very long time. And he's got a ton of experience doing it. I actually, those of you who listen to the show often, you know that I own a decoy company and uh, that decoy company, Ultimate Predator Gear, we have a decoy called a stalker decoy that that's exactly what it's for is, is bow reaping turkeys. And, you know, basically you are a strutting Tom in this setup and you're trying to flash you're trying to flash your your fan over at turkeys and get them to come in for a shot. So how uh, how did you get into doing this initially, Ken? Because you've actually been at that. You've, you've really practiced that method more than I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, guys, I'm telling you, 
um, way back when I was a young man and turkeys just got introduced to the state of Michigan and the population was starting to grow. And all of a sudden I found, uh, you know, I, I had quite a turkey tag for the first time in my life. And, you know, off, I just got addicted to the calling and the interaction with the birds and all that sort of thing. So I started turkey hunting you know, 30 years ago or whatever it was, I'm getting long in the tooths. But uh, with that being said, we started making a move to hunting turkeys out in South Dakota back in 1996, Danny. Oh, wow. And with that, we would, you know, get a group group of cool, cool dudes from the industry that we were doing business with. So it was kind of like, hey, man, if I was into golf, I'd take people golfing. Right. But we were yeah. we were we're blessed to make a living in this in this side of the business of uh, something we're very passionate about in the hunting and shooting sports. So I'd have some folks out there and we'd kill some turkeys. And one thing led to another. We, we were good at it. But then old side slinger showed up <laughs> and Ralph, Ralph and Vicky. <laughs> some old counterparts, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and, uh, Censorillo. So he's like, Hey, I want to show you something. We just came from Iowa. And that, of course, that's where at the time they lived. And, and so, uh, he said, you're going to laugh. You're going to think this is crazy, but he pulls out this Eastern fan and he shows yeah. me and, and that's kind of how it started. And, and so Danny, that would have probably been in, in 2000, you know, 2001, 2002, what I'm thinking. Right. And so we we started implementing that strategy and we have had so much fun. We started we counted it up the other day and uh, there's been, you know, over 900 turkeys we've killed reaping. Holy dude, smokes, awesome. dude. And, no, and you know, it, smokes, it, it, I'm going to shut up and let Ken talk, man, that that I would challenge. <laughs> He he might have more experience reaping birds than anybody else on the planet. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, that, no one has been doing it for twenty-two no. years. No, yeah, well, that I mean, that's I we're blessed because that's a team. So that's Toby, myself, yeah. my daughter Autumn, and um, you know, and we're killing the most we ever killed in a spring is like 62, 63, but we're still hammering out you know, 40 to 45 every, every spring. So wow. you just do the math and it's because, you know, somehow we still have a heartbeat and we, and you know, we, the last couple of years, we've got to hunt with the hush guys yeah, and kind of collaborate hooked hunting with, yeah. with those guys. And they're like, you know, the craziest thing about you knuckleheads is it's every Turkey you guys shoot. It's like your first one. Yeah. A hundred percent. So that's kind of the deal. And so we've just morphed it into some, some other ways. We've shot some with bows. We've shot, you know, plenty with shotguns and, and everything in between, but uh, you know, hunting them with a bow is just that next level, so to speak of intensity and excitement and adrenaline rush. And so I'm really excited to be honest with you, Danny is this coming spring and we're going to be chasing them here in the next couple of weeks. So this is kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to beg for a little bit of mercy or beg for a little bit of help is I'd like to use your decoy um, this year is we're going to split up into three man teams, have a little competition. We're in while we're in South Dakota with, with Casey and Logan and Casey's son um, in South Dakota shooting turkeys. And so 
Tobe, Tobe is an excellent archery shot. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna require to have to shoot one of the turkeys or so with a bow. So it'll be fun. Oh yeah. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, when we get off off of here, I'll make sure to get one into your hands. And just to explain to any of you that have been living under a rock, reaping is basically, you know, having that fan out in front of you and your goal is to show the bird from a distance that that fan they think that an, uh another uh another turkey's over there strutting and you know the goal is to get them to come in and and you know we today we're talking about doing it with a bow but there's lots of guys that do it with shotguns too and it's exciting i mean the first time that i ever did it with a bow and had them react and you know come in right into your lap and i've been telling people for quite some time i've got a goal my goal is to shoot one where the broadhead goes into the bird before the knock comes off the string. And maybe Ken's done that. Ken's done it a whole lot more than me. I haven't found the right bird yet. I've had a couple of them that got to about two and a half, three yards. And right at the last second, kind of, you know, checked up like, whoa, what is that? They caught something behind it that they didn't like, you know? Um, yeah, it's called a Danny and, Ferris. Well, yeah. <laughs> well whether it was the movement or whatever, but I know one of these days I'm going to find that dominant bird that, that, you know, just loses his mind completely and comes in and tries to jump on me. And it might be a wreck, man. I mean, you, if you stop all that inertia before the knock is off the string, the bow might, we'll see how tough these Hoyt bows are when I do it. I'm, I'm more um, curious to see what your social media is going to look like after you get spurred by a Tom. <laughs> Uh, hopefully it would be on video, man. I hope yeah. it, I hope it will, but you know, it's, it's something that doesn't work every single time, but man, when it does, there is no other there. There's, there's no other way of shooting them. That's that exciting. And, you know, coming, I grew up here in Colorado, basically. And it's funny because these Western States, there's a lot of people that just, you know, they, they still don't get turkey hunting. And those of you that don't get it, that are thinking about turning the podcast off because we're tar- talking about turkey hunting, fine, go turn it off. Bye-bye. See you later. We don't need you out there in turkey woods. Yeah, they aren't that fun. They're really, it's just a bird. It's kind of like a big pheasant, you know, it's not that fun. Uh, I'm I'm lying. Like to me, turkeys, turkeys are little feathered elk. And it's the interaction that makes them so exciting. Um, anything that anything that tells you here I come, here I come, here I come before you actually see it is capable is capable of melting your metal. And I've seen some pretty accomplished bow hunters lose their stuff while there were turkeys coming in gobbling. And you know if if you don't get how that's exciting, well that's all right to each their own. But for us we absolutely love it and this this reaping method that i'm talking about is something else so why don't we talk about you know the the approach and when to decide you know that that you ought to try that you know like like there's some situations where i i feel like it is a you know definitely a go-to tactic and some especially after a bird has kind of proven himself to be a wimp where you aren't going to necessarily use that tactic, but talk about, you know, what sometimes makes it work. And sometimes, sometimes does, you know, it, it goes south. 
Yeah. Well, it, it, to your point, Danny, um, it, because we've been doing it for so long, we've gotten to see so many different applications and situ- hunting situations, and we call it turkey muscles. Yeah. And it's like when they first see that fan or the decoy and it's moving and it's like, Oh, we got a new, new dude in town. Yeah. It's quickly, you're going to get a sense of, are they puffing up and they're charging And the closer they get, the faster they come. And you know, and that that's just an ideal situation. They just throw caution to the wind and they're coming to go come prove the point and take over their territory. Yep. Kind of like an antelope in rut when they see a decoy. Yeah, you shoot but yeah. then there's defense. times when they're more they're yeah, and, and and you know those are the things that you just love to see. But then I also like it when they're kind of passive. They look, they tolerate, but they don't come, they don't go, they don't. They just kind of hang out, look, and then to your point, they kind of seem ah, they're a bit of a wimp. They're they're not going to come challenge you. Well, that's when I love to kind of dig in, yeah. and I I like the the idea of starting to put pressure on. So. Right. We, we, we do a tremendous amount of belly crawling. Yeah. And so we'll have, we're, you know, we're trying to film for the YouTube channel. And so then we got the, 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 the bow hunter right behind me, so to speak. So I, the, there's three of us trying to hide behind one fan. So that's right. always a bit of a challenge, you know, but right. if you, if you can get the landscape just right and you can get the, the topography and you can be in a little bit of a ditch or a little bit of a gully or a crick edge. So they, they know the fans there, they can see that it's moving and they can see that it's actually starting to close in on them. Yeah. And in, let's just say you're at, cause we fanned them in at 250 yards, 300 yards, but when, there's time they, they totally ignore it until you hit that sweet spot that kind of like elk hunting and when you get in that inner circle right yeah and, yeah and 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 all of a sudden you got this wimpy tom or sometimes it's two of them that's tolerating you yeah. and you get get into that particular space and that then it's comfort like, oh, zone yes and all yeah. of a sudden you've went for a fan and for a half hour with not a step coming your way and then you moved 10 yards closer to them and they're watching you come and then boom they twist and they're coming hard and they're coming to kick your butt and it's you know it's all in so yeah. that i love i love doing that i love it when the chips are down it's not going your way and you're like ah, forget that dude we're yeah. coming at you we're gonna come and take those hens away from you and it's just like it sometimes it takes 20 30 40 yards to close the gap and you may be belly crawling out there in the in the cow pies and uh all of a sudden boom i remember our, our mutual friend bob rob we yeah. were doing exactly that the turkeys would not pay no attention to us they were just going to go parallel and out in front of us at 150 yards everything was out of range and i said you know being jump in my back pocket bob we're going straight at him and we did and we made it 50 yards and those two long beards come charging it and he killed it at three yards Oh That's man, awesome. uh, you know, it's funny. My son Lane just two days ago killed one in, in Kansas. Um, he found two Toms that were following a single lone hen around and he showed them the decoy, I guess the first time from like 120, they ignored it. And just like you're talking about, he just gradually started working in trying to f- use a little bit of topography to hide most of him and just 
so that the, the birds could see the fan basically of the decoy, the top half of the decoy. And he just slowly moved in and he would move that fan back and forth, just like a Tom that is, that is, you know, that is strutting back and forth. And when he hit about, I, I like, I don't know, under a hundred yards, he'd moved, you know, 30 or 40 yards closer to him. They started working toward him. He said the whole thing took more than an hour. So these birds weren't particularly fired up. You know, they didn't necessarily want to leave that. But as they saw that bird working in closer and closer, the next thing you know, they start strutting over to him, but they're not charging. They're not charging in. They're just kind of moving toward him. And finally, one of them ended up at six yards and and he shot him. Um, but that, nice. that patience is something that you've got to have a lot of times. And, you know, one of the things that we get from customers a lot is the first time that they go out and they use it, they'll, you know, they'll work in on a bird or something like that and, and show them the decoy or the bird starts to come to a call. And as soon as it sees the decoy, uh, or it will turn around and start to leave and they'll be like, the dang decoy doesn't work. And it's like, uh, I, my personal opinion is there's some birds especially when they're by themselves. One of the things I always like to say is one turkey can be a chicken, but two turkeys is usually a gang. And mm -hmm. when there are some birds that aren't going to come to a strutting Tom decoy, and whether you've got a real turkey fan out there or our decoy or anything else, when they see a full fan, that's, that, that's another dominant bird out there. And some of them, or just don't have it in them to go up. They don't want to fight or they've already got their and, butt kicked or they've even, already, you know, and I've, even a, I've also found even a three and a half year old. If you've got a, if you've got a gang of Jake's that have come in and you got four five, six Jake's that are beating the tar out of him, he's not coming in. Tell me, tell me, this is something that I've always, has been my theory, Ken, but tell me if your experience supports it. I feel like at the beginning of the season, Getting them to come to a full strut, Tom, is much easier than toward the end of the season. And like once you get, you know, closer to May, um, I feel like some of those birds have been beat up a little bit and they're not as quick to want to fight. They're not as aggressive. Do you Is that something that you notice or do you think that it's just about any time of season? It's just all dependent upon yeah, the bird's attitude. It, it's interesting. Um because there's there's no doubt there's some truth to that, Danny, what mm -hmm. you're saying. But I will also say this, too, and we work that to our advantage is later into the season when the hens are on the nest and the toms are kind of looking for that last piece of action or the, mm -hmm. the last hen that might be available to them. Um, it's a little bit different game. The cool part, we get to sleep in because the toms don't get moving too much till about 10 in the morning. But the closest birds where we had the Tom looking right down and pecking the end of the muzzle on a shotgun was a May hunt. And mm. um, so it's, it is one of those things, depending on the pressure they get. And, you know, one of the things that now we're talking about archery reaping, so that's different, so to speak, than what you might get yourself into with firearms is, you know, this reaping and, and fanning is dangerous because mm -hmm. you're hiding directly behind a turkey that is a tom, which is what generally you're hunting for a tom. True. And um, the so what you know, and we've had we've been doing this for the, the amount of years we have been doing it and the success that we have has, has been, you know, 
totally legit. So what I'm about to say is the people who kind of like play off of, hey, that's too uh, that's that's too dangerous because I would just say to them is, look, we're all responsible hunters in, generally, and we know where we're hunting in the in the terrain and the situation. And when you're looking at a flock of turkeys and where we do a lot of it out in South Dakota, it's relatively open. So mm-hmm. it's different than the Missouri woods or the Alabama woods. And I, and I get all of that, but yeah. I've done I've done some of the reaping in, in Michigan where it's more timber and this and that. But when you are looking at a flock of turkeys you're making your move and you're on private property or you're in a controlled situation. So you understand who, who's there and who's not there. It takes a, you, you know, it takes all of, if not all of the danger out of this, this whole equation. So to me, it's like, Hey, if you got a 40 acre, super, super popular in the thumb of Michigan or in Wisconsin, you got your 20 acre plot of woods or your 40 acre plot of woods. You got an alfalfa field, you hit a, pop up a pop-up blind and you put your decoys out there, you know, with a, with a Jake and a, in a, in a lane down hand, you know, that's a hot setup. And you, you got the time, the patience, you want to sit and do that in, in that, you know, cranks your, your, your deal. Fine. That's beautiful. But for me, the, the reaping and kind of, you know, you're, you're in there doing, getting after it. You're not, waiting for action you're making the action the, that's the more my style approach yeah the proactive <laughs> yeah. approach so and i that's that's what makes my bubble burst so to speak yeah when, yeah and i i completely understand that i tell people you know i've been a a decoy and calling geek not just for turkeys of course but for everything for a long time way before i bought this little decoy company yep that's part of what got me you know down that track but for me you know half of the thrill is doing it on my terms you know what i mean and and fooling them whether you're fooling them with a call or whether you're fooling them with a decoy that just adds to all of it for me it makes it you know it makes it that much more exciting Uh, there's there's a big difference between shooting one while he's walking by the ground blind that doesn't come in, you know, and, and really react to the decoys and have shooting one that came in and just pounced on your decoys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Two different experiences, man. <laughs> well, let me say this too. When, when Ralph Censorillo was kind enough to show me this technique and then we embraced it. And then like the first time out, we were literally had turkey tracks on our face. We're like, oh my word, you know, and we've been doing it and been very successful out there. You know, you shoot two birds uh, per hunter out where we hunt. So tagging out, if there's seven dudes out there, you're killing 14 long 14 beers. birds. I, yep. And I say all this. So then, then we said, Hey, let's take it to another level. And we attached the fan to a decoy. And, and so the thunder creeper is the one that we've kind of used. We throw a, a cell phone behind it. And, and so now we can video it, but with yours on the bow, that's what I'm excited about because um, that is super important 
to keep that bird's attention kind of mesmerized what yeah, happens right. and yeah. it gives you that element because the birds i've shot with a bow they're not all standing still they're they're not on the dead run by any means but they're moving or they're they're doing what turkeys do and it allows you they're so focused on that fan yeah and you know your your adrenaline's going wide open and i got a killer story for <laughs> our good friend jeremy eldridge when yeah. he came out and did it for the first time and he ended up filling his tags with a shotgun Cheater. because it was just Cheater. such an adrenaline rush get you know get getting that connection yeah yeah so um <laughs> with that and i don't want to you know talk tattle on him too bad but you know for, and after for, the for the record miss, you know, I, I have to call him yeah, that yeah. one because he's my boss too he works at an archery yeah. company and used a shotgun i have no <laughs> issues with hunting turkeys with a shotgun you know you talk to you talk to waddell or t-bone or any of those guys they are huge bow addicts but they will tell you face to face god made turkeys to take a shotgun to the face and you know what i i would argue with either of them i would you know personally i'm kind of proud to say i have not shot a a turkey with a shotgun since 2003 uh and 99 99 was the last time you shot was was the first and only bird i shot with a shotgun i love shooting them with a bow i do i have no issue with somebody that wants to shoot them with a shotgun but i love shooting them with a bow we got got off off topic there so jeremy you know no no evan ran with that another direction So back to back to Jeremy cheating with a shotgun. Go for it. Go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're we're out there in South Dakota. We got our gaggle of friends and industry people. And you know, at the time working for Bow Hunting World, there's really a good chance there was an editor or so, yeah. as you know how that rolls. And then uh, we got Jeremy, and of course we're you know we Jeremy, you know as much as he's a Utah dude, he's a good guy. Oh, you yeah. know, and we like we like being around him. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so it, you know, we we tried to get him in front of a turkey and sure as a world, it worked and the turkeys came in and the top big Tom comes in, you know, he sends he sends an arrow in the right direction, misses, and oh it, it happens, <laughs> Jeremy. Don't worry about it. This is a target, you know, a target rich environment. And and he's like yeah, yeah, man, that was so exciting, you know, and he, I forget what excuse he came up with, but I'm sure it was legitimate and, um, it had, yeah. it had merit, you know, right. So I'm like, look, don't worry about it, brother. There's, you know, we've had plenty of people in the same situation. So there's going to, we'll have another opportunity before lunch. So sure yeah. as a world, we get out, get on some bird, boom, <laughs> here comes this turkey. My daughter is, is fanning for him. Yeah. And so this big old Tom comes rolling out of the prairie, man. He is, he is pumped up. He, he's like Cam Haynes, you know, on steroids. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to eat you up. Another arrow gets sent through the prairie. And I think Jeremy at that time was speaking in tongues. There, there was some funny noises. And uh, I'll, I'll just say that uh, it wasn't long. We we're this three day hunt. We were down to our, two and a half days into it. And he's like, you know what? I really like the taste of Turkey meat. So let's go see what that 12 gauge might do. (laughs) And, um, with that, uh, with that being said, that's kind (laughs) of how it played out. So, um, love Jeremy to death, have hunted with him and his boys. And there's just no better people on planet earth. 
Oh yeah. And, uh, but that was his first encounter of, of, uh, the reaping. Method. Yeah. 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 That, no, that's super cool. We, me and Jeremy were, you, you know, this Ken, but we, we used to take our boys to Nebraska when they were little and I, yes. you know, shoot, we were, uh, we were, we were doing it all with bows and these little squirts, man, they were, they were small enough when they first, when we first started taking them out there to where, man, I, I, I'd be surprised if they were pulling 40 pounds, you know, right, maybe right. 35 pounds. Couldn't, they were just couldn't sit down in chairs in the blind because they couldn't see out. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, they were just little dudes, man. And we had so much fun during those years. There was that one trip where we went out there and we ended up, we only had three days and, we ended up killing a dozen birds with bows, you know, like uh, all of the, all of them were killing turkeys, man. It was something else. It, we, we had so much fun. Yeah. The, so back to the, back to the reaping. Um, do you, I, I always wear a black hoodie when I'm using that method and my, you know, my, uh, the concept is if I'm down, you know, usually you're, you're either on your butt or you're low crawling behind a fan or behind our, uh, our decoy. And if a bird gets a look at you, you just look like a black blob right behind that fan, which is exactly what they're expecting to see. Do you guys usually wear black when you're doing it? Um, we, you know, in, in all honesty, um, we haven't gone down that route. You know, we're from Michigan and the sap runs slow, so we don't think <laughs> that deep. <laughs> um yeah i mean we're we're yep. into the non-glare face mask kind of thing deal but uh i think it's a lot like when you're in a pop-up blind and you wear the black hoodie i think it makes sense oh I man it's smart yep. you'll have you'll yep. have to try it just throw a black hoodie yep. on and pull the hood over your head when you're when you're when you have that fan in front of you and now all of a sudden you you, you really look like one even when they get in tight you know right Right. No, I like the idea. I like yeah. the idea. Um, oh, shoot. I lost my train of mind where I was going to go next. It's, Evan, it's all summer, Davey. It's okay. You're getting older. I know, dude. It's <laughs> early onset. <laughs> Believe me. I'm thinking we're, we're headed he's, for yeah, he's, Montana he's here. And just checked out on his hunt. But So, Ken, one question I have, because I have a couple different setups, and one of them that I tend to use, especially a little bit more early on is a jake fan instead of showing them that that older mature full fan on tom do you guys at all play around with different fans from different birds or do you just have you know full fan let's put a a bigger object out there to either show them from a longer distance or show them that there's a mature bird do you do you believe do you believe turkeys are that smart ken can they identify yeah. a jake fan and and they know that, oh, man, that's a baby. I need to go kick his butt just from those primaries in the middle being a little longer. Oh, oh I, th I believe Evan's on it. I, I'm a firm believer in that. We have we have thought and we've played toyed with the idea of taking three, three feathers and just project them up uh, two, three inches above the fan. We don't want to use it a Jake fan just simply because of the real estate that you can hide behind the, it. the size, right? Yeah. yeah. The okay. size of it. But the idea, Oh, I think they absolutely will identify as a subordinate uh, Tom and a younger Tom 
um, and, and could react differently. So yeah, we've tried to fabricate that Jake look, if you will, in, in, uh, but to say that we've had experience that would tip you one way or another in a, in a big way, we, we just haven't had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I've always questioned whether they actually knew it or not. I know that a hunter can look out there and immediately knows, but I, I guess it just depends upon how much faith you have in the brains of them things. Right. I, I, right. I'm, right. A, I'm a firm I believer. Mean, I, I, you know, we, we get a lot of guys that like to talk smack about how smart their turkeys are from their particular part of the country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, our turkeys are smarter over here and I, you know, granted, I'll tell you right now, there's something to be said for some of those Easterns there. They, they seem to be just a little more twitchy by nature. They're, they're now, calculating. However, I argue about exactly calling them smart. I personally believe that you have scared turkeys and then you have petrified turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Petrified turkeys are the turkeys that every time they gobbled since they were, you know, a Jake, somebody came along and blew one of their friends heads off. You know what I mean? And if you live Mm -hmm. in Mississippi, or, you know, Georgia, there are parts of that place where those turkeys, in my opinion, are petrified. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, there's something to it because there was one year where we were hunting in, in like you'll have Native American uh reservations that you can hunt throughout the United States. And sometimes it's required to have a guide. Right. And so this particular, we'd been hunting it for a decade. We had all of the, the land figured out with our plat books. We put hours and hours. So when they said, Hey, you're going to have to have a guide to do this. Like, my goodness, we've been doing it on our own. We have all these relationships with the ranchers and we're all good. And so we're going to boycott that <laughs> reservation that year and go to another one. I remember Danny and Evan, I was out scouting the day before everybody showed up these two toms were spitting and drumming. I was well under a hundred yards. Didn't have an idea. I was in the neighborhood and I just slipped the mouth call in, hit a couple yelps. And the last time I saw them, they were a half a mile away running over the hill. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, yeah. and, yeah. and I'm like, my birds, my yeah. birds are petrified. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a very good caller. I can see it right now. But, uh, I took that diaphragm call right then. And I just threw it in the brush. I'm not joking. I did do that. <laughs> and I said, maybe this is slave country, right? Than your bow. <laughs> um, but, but then what it did teach me is 12 months later, I was going to be back at that reservation where these turkeys dried the short bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's no joke that little, is no joke a little less pressure um yeah it, it's that's it i mean it, it's like you're you're hunting you're hunting jun, junior high students or you're hunting master degrees yeah 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 yep. yeah well um are there any general principles that you would relate to anybody that's thinking about going and trying this for the first time you know, I, you know, personally, I, I like for the turkeys to be able to see the decoy from a little bit of a distance and not necessarily to surprise them with it. Um, mm-hmm. But is there anything like that tips that you would give to somebody who's going out trying to uh, bow reap, especially for the first time? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that I try to achieve 
a hundred percent of the time is when I leave the truck, when I leave the rig and I'm looking at turkeys or I'm going into a place that's very likely to hold turkeys. I want purely from a safety standpoint, I want to be thinking and, and be aware of the fact that I'm, I'm the only guy pursuing those turkeys at that time. So when I get, when I get the decoy out and so forth, I'm not, in jeopardizing safety. So that's, that's a first thing that's in my mind. And, and I would say to anybody, um, you know, be mindful of that. And then, you know, again, you are in really, really good hands. So once you get to that point, be prepared to become addicted. That's <laughs> you are going to fall in love yeah. with hunting this, this way. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I've been with guys, blessed uh being in this industry guys where i'm hunting with a dude that's killed more turkeys than me yeah and so they older than me they've shot turkeys in every continent and species and slams and all that and so i always counted a privilege just to be around guys like that that has that experience and they'll get done with a a morning session if you will and have dropped a nice long beard and they're like ken that's the funnest turkey hunt I've ever been on. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. It and, is. And, and, yeah. So that, man, you can't get enough of that, of introducing well, there's, people and there's, into this. And there's something to be said, like, like Danny, you know, the reason we've started decoying is because we can put more cards in our favor. Like we can control the outcome of that hunt more than just, I'm going to pop up a blind, put my decoys out and wait for them to come to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether that's, whether that's, um, deer or turkeys or elk whatever it is like we're actively pursuing game and stalking moving doing things to change the outcome of that hunt yeah yeah something to force the action yeah well you remember you remember danny um the dude that you and i super gentleman he carries your name danny and he was from uh missouri or he was a sales rep in sales he didn't do the marketing so but we got a chance and he worked for not to mention names that might be a conflict but true glow and um oh, uh, oh, danny danny curly danny curly yeah he came out to dude i mean a salt of the earth kind of yeah. dude danny loved turkey hunting and he came out and hunted because their marketing person couldn't come. So he came in, in their place and what a joy he was to have in camp. Well, we did our hunt. He went home. He killed his turkeys. Everything was great. He was, I got to meet him and just a solid dude. And he and I've been friends ever since he went home, went to his state in Tennessee. That's right. Tennessee took his dad out hunting got onto a bird. They're sitting in a blind. They're doing it the way that, you know, many, many, many people do. And here was a big old Tom out in this field, sitting on this knob for three hours. They called to it. He responded, wouldn't, wouldn't make a move. He, he went out, grabbed his decoy, played, played a, you know, what I introduced him to and, and crawled out there with that Tom decoy, Showed him the decoy at a hundred yards, and that Tom committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, run. Yeah. yeah, and there, you know, he had his relatives and and so forth. And my point is, success that morning was due to the fact that he 
he got aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that, you know, is what is so much fun about that style of hunting. Well, one, one thing that a little twist on this style that I've started doing over the last few years is um, I will have, uh, you know, a hen decoy or two with me. And if I'm not able to just find the group, if it maybe the terrain doesn't lend itself to being able to find them out or something like that, I will toss a hen decoy out in front of me or a couple of them. And then I'll just sit back. Oh, usually about five yards from the hen decoy uh, up against something. And now I become the Tom decoy in this set. There's Mm -hmm. no ground blind. I am one of the decoys in the set. And if I've got a bird that's that's calling and working and 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 ends up coming in, I've shot them that way, too. Ken, and it, it it's yep. it's a little different because you're not going to them and you're not flashing them, but you don't have to carry a ground blind around. You can right. literally, uh, well, a lot of the times when we're doing it, hunting these mountain birds out here, we're we're going ridge to ridge just like we are when we're elk hunting and trying mm-hmm. to get one to strike. You know what I mean? Yep. And you know, we'll go up to the top of a ridge and give a couple of yelps and cuts and then one hits over here i can be set up and ready to go in seconds for that sucker you know he might have gobbled from only 40 yards away or something like that and bam i can be set down and set up and now i'm the tom in this scenario and Mm -hmm. it just when when you're on the ground with them and they're up in your face and you're shooting them from the seat of your pants, just like we were talking about before, it is just the most amazing, coolest way to hunt them I've ever seen, you know, <laughs> takes it to a complete different, complete different level. Yeah. Complete different level. Um, uh, you know, we, we've been on here a little while now, but I had one other question for you. Um, you, you just mentioned Danny Curley doing it down in Tennessee. Have you, I pretty much think that it, these tactics can be used in just about any state. You just got to make sure that you're safe where you're doing it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I had the pleasure two years ago, taking two old timers out that, that hosts me on a predator hunt, but they got hounds that they chase coyotes in the thumb of Michigan. And they're ate up with these turkeys down there. I can't even get over how many turkeys are in the thumb of Michigan. Well, the problem is it's as flat as a freaking pancake. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tough to, to do what we do in other places. So here I'm like, look guys, um, in the state of Michigan, you can't use a decoy where it, where you're moving it. Right. Okay. And of course right. that's a huge handicap. And so, but I told them, I said, look, if I, so, we get so even certain, if you're doing it with a string or something, you can't it, just no movement at all. No attachment no, no, to the decoy. Yep. Yep. No, no movement. So it obviously that limits the situation, but I believe so much in the, in the process that I told them, I said, we're just going to use a terrain to our advantage as much as we can in this flat environment. And I, it was windy. I'm talking 20, 30 mile an hour winds opening day. And it was during COVID. So the hunt that I normally do out of state was shut down and canceled. And I'm like, I can't be. So the first time in 20 years, I'm hunting opening day in a state in my home state. And to get, to get these dudes out who've, they never turkey hunted and, and the one had never turkey hunted. The other fella 
who he was pushing 70 years old, had, you know, very little success. So we I finally I see these turkeys. I'm telling you, they're tucked in this brush. But guess what was right beside him? A creek. Uh-huh. And it was a fresh creek that had just been cleaned out. And we all had our knee high rubber boots on. And I said, guys, I said, this might just work. So you say there's a chance. And we <laughs> crawled into this creek, which was to the to the top, man. It was 10 feet. So it yeah. was just a perfect bank. We went from 250 yards. And when I peered up, I, we were at 80 yards from them. Yeah. So now I've been for a day just telling them how this is going to could play out and it's like oh yeah we got this we're sharpshooters you know we were on the military uh you know you just get a turkey in front of us we'll have him on the grill before you know it we'll call the taxidermist <laughs> and i'm like look man i'm just saying it's exciting and they're you, yeah. it's you it's up close and personal we all know what, what a shotgun pattern is at, at two feet right yeah, yeah. so i it was it was so freaking perfect because we had showed how bad we were trying to shoot a coyote earlier in the year. Yeah. So he was hooting on me for my sharpshooter capability. <laughs> and um, so I got to return the favor. So here they are, you know, stoked up with these three and a half inch magnums ready to rip off a turkey. And I, I being in Michigan, you can't move the fan. So all yeah. I did is just put the fan up in. I did a little yelp. They saw the fan and then I just stuck the fan in the in the ground. Yeah. In the ground. And I said, they're looking, they're coming, they're running, <laughs> be ready. <laughs> so one's on my left and one's on my right, you know, yeah. and it's perfect because they're knelt down under that berm of that fresh creek. Well, there's no trees around it. So there's no, there's no weeds. It's all fresh. Yeah. So I said, they're 20 yards, 15, 10, and they're running. So when I, and I just said, you're just going to kneel up and they're going to give you a few seconds. So just take your time. Well, I can tell you when the noise quit, they didn't cut a feather. They were saying more (laughs) words than I could ever think of in a short amount of time again speaking funny and they're like what just happened and it was hilarious <laughs> because they when they when they come up over the edge they were two yards from the turkeys and they were two big mature, mature toms and they shot six times both of them were <laughs> running they turned around ran away and they were these old timers i and all the way back to the truck i just kept remembering and repeating what he had told me about being a sharpshooter so oh, let's let's get let, let's let's get them on the grill boys where are they oh it was <laughs> hilarious now to their credit they had never experienced anything like that so that yeah. will always burn in their mind of how that played out thankfully for them within an hour they did have two birds on the ground and we were able to get on another setup where they came in and they were in, they were actually in an old deer blind it was unbelievable how it played out and i stuck it in the ground and they came running in and i'm crawfishing back and got behind the line of fire <laughs> before the shooting commenced but it was just perfect the old timers they both got beautiful beautiful birds and um uh, but we had the we had what we needed to to rib them for the rest of the day. Well, you know it's it's so funny, and I've, I think I've told the story on here before. But you know when you when you throw a lav mic on somebody, especially somebody that's been around the block, and they aren't necessarily an experienced turkey hunter, but they've you know they're they're 
they're a big time, big game hunter. And you get birds coming in, especially to a, you know, a, a fanning setup. And you listen to that, that breathing on the lav mic, you know, when you go back and watch it, because mm-hmm. you can tell how excited somebody's getting when they're watching these things coming from a hundred yards. Now they're at 75. Now they're at 50. Now they're at 40. And you can just hear their breath just going. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if it's something that you've contemplated doing before, number one rule is to stay safe. Make sure that you know who else is on the property. Make sure that you know who else is working those birds that, that you're on. If there's a doubt, don't do it. It's not worth it, you know, but if you're being safe, man, it is a tactic that takes turkey hunting to the next level. Uh, I think that all of us can agree on that. Yeah, and absolutely. It is, it is, the more you do it, the, the more you're going to pick on the, pick up on the little nuances of it. Remember that you're trying to play on their, on that bird's dominance and that you're going to find some birds that don't have any dominance, you know, but yeah. I can tell you this, if you, you, you find the, you find the bird that, uh, that's the cock of the walk around there, or you find one that's running with a, a running mate, almost any time that you have more than one Tom that are running together, your chances in this setup go way up, but man, it, it is it is an effective method that is all kinds of fun, man. And it, I'm glad that we got to get you on here, Ken, because uh, honestly, I, I think that you have more experience with these tactics than just about anybody around. I, I've never heard of anybody that was a part of that many that that 900 turkey kills or something like that with this method. That is, boy, you don't argue with Ken. You basically <laughs> do what you do what he tells you to do. Yes. Yes, sir. You want me where? <laughs> well, l- listen, I mean, the, th- the thing about it is when we started filming for hooked hunting and started the YouTube channel, it literally yeah. is guys. And I know you guys feel the same passion is we have so much fun and we, yeah. there's so much co- camaraderie, whether it's big game in the fall or the spring Turkey, but it is, it's one of those things. It's like, we're having so much fun. Why are we not filming it? And yeah. it's all, it's authentic. It's real. It's not phony. So, um, we started hooked hunting and it's, it's not where we want it yet in subscribers and all that, but it is some good authentic in, uh, uh, times in the field. And, and, you know, we just pinch ourselves every time. Well, tell them how to find you can, is it, is it just straight up? I know on Instagram, it's, it's hooked hunting all one word. And what, what is it? Uh, what's your YouTube channel? Yeah, that's what it is. Hooked hunting, one word, no, no space, hooked hunting. And uh, right. our goal is, is we do a lot of DIY elk and deer and such. And we try to, we try to inspire folks who maybe haven't taken that step to do that out of state uh, hunt or a different way of doing it. And, uh, you know, I just, that's, that's our goal is get more people participating so that, Throughout our generations, as we pass things along, the you know hunting will be an acceptable activity, and we just can't take that for granted. Yep. 
Well, man, we appreciate you being on here and we hope that everybody enjoyed it. And we hope that everybody's getting ready to get out in the Turkey woods right now. By the time we get this thing up, it'll probably be the end of the first week of April or so just in time for everybody to be going out. But thanks for being on here, Ken. We're going to need to do it again. One of these days, uh, Evan, you got anything to add before we jump off of here? No, I, I need to get out of this office and go find some turkeys to smash. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, guys, I just appreciate um, you guys inviting me on and to share this because uh, it's being around and Evan, you and I haven't got to hang out much, but I can just sense uh, the camaraderie there and the like-mindedness. And it's just special. It's magical. And I count it a blessing each and time. So thanks again for letting me have some time. Absolutely. Good sweat, buddy. We enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time, Ken. We appreciate it. We'll see everybody later.